Well, good morning, Community Church. I love going to the movies. I love great stories. I love great characters. I like clever dialogue. I love special effects and explosions. And because I am a godly man, I love Star Wars. I also love Lord of the Rings. I love pretty much any superhero movie out there where you have super strength, laser eyes, mega explosions, flying through the air with capes, and the best superhero movie of all time, I will tell you what it is, just in case you need to know. The Incredibles. If you wanna watch a good movie with the kiddos, that is a good one to go. Uh, small popcorn, a tiny little Coke, and I got my ticket from the movie theater, and I am a happy camper right there. Today is week number two of our brand new series, Detox. I think it's gonna be a great series, and I think it's gonna be a real game changer for you. And the reason why is because you have been coexisting and cohabituating with some traces of toxicity in your life. And as you are willing to learn and go to God together, we're going to detox. We're going to remove those levels of toxicity that we're gonna find in our words, in our relationships, in our thoughts, even in our religion. And week by week, we're gonna identify them, identify them and we're gonna uproot them and remove them from our lives. The result is you get detoxed. You gain fresh health. It's a great thing and it is a gift from the Father for you at this time in your life. Now, the reason I bring up fun movies is because today we are going to address basically some key influences that can be toxic that are in our lives. These are things, elements of our lives that we habitually engage in. Sometimes they're things we enjoy and we expose ourselves to them. So prime example, several years ago, honestly, because I just love superhero movies, I saw an advertisement, it's quite a while ago, for a superhero movie that was called Watchmen. And I just thought to myself, great, let's go to the movie theater. It's a superhero movie and I'll be 100% honest with you, I, I did not do any research on the movie at all. And I sat down in my seat with my popcorn and my Coke and this movie started. And after a few minutes, I was like, well, I don't like that. And after a scene or two later, I'm like, well, that's an inappropriate scene. And after another minute or two, I was like, okay, hopefully that's the end of all of this stuff because I'd like to watch the movie, but I don't want to watch that. And within a few more minutes, I was like, I'm done. I, I don't want to watch this. And I got up out of my seat and I walked out of the movie theater. I just, I just couldn't be around that anymore. I couldn't watch it. Now I'm gonna give you a list of things right now. It's fairly exhaustive, but it may not be complete. And so if you can think of other things, uh, I want you to insert it into this list, okay? Because these are the key influences in our lives. Whether it is books, social media, magazines, YouTube, movies, online gaming, articles, TV show, Facebook, romantic novels, Snapchat, video games, Instagram, TikTok, reality TV, or, for, or whatever else that fills in that blank that we go to for entertainment and interest. I wanna tell you that some of those things I've just described may be some of the most powerful influences in your life. If for no other reason than the disproportionate amount of time that we commit to these things. Now, none of those things in and of themselves are bad. They can be very positive. 
they can be very neutral or they can be incredibly toxic. And today we're going to look at some of those toxic influences. So I'm going to give you four truths right now to help you detox from toxic influences. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. You are a frog in a kettle. You're a frog in a kettle. So it's a bit of a modern day parable that's been around for many years. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. Um, honestly, I think it's a bit of a myth. I don't know how you'd prove it without having to kill a frog, perhaps. But it's the idea that if you try to put a frog in boiling water, the frog is just going to obviously jump out. But if you put a frog in a pot of lukewarm water or room temperature water, and you slowly increase the temperature, the frog somehow won't realize it and will actually stay in the water and die. Now, I have no idea if that is true or not, but I think we get the point. Now, we looked at a passage last week, and I want to look at the same passage again, but this time I'd like to read it from a paraphrase. It's Romans chapter 12. It says this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So the temperature in our life of the water is getting hotter and hotter. The standards of this world are different from the standards of God. Of course they are. And it's very, very easy for any of us who are followers of Christ to get really accustomed to a new normal in a way that we don't even notice it sometimes. So I enjoy watching MMA, Mixed Martial Arts. It's competitive combat sports that mixes all of the different kind of combat together. So you've got boxing, you've got kickboxing, you've got judo, wrestling, taekwondo, karate, jiu-jitsu, all of these things. And these two guys go into a cage and, and, and they enter into this combat. And I can watch that. No problem for me to watch it. I actually enjoy it. But I'll never forget the first time I watched it. The first time I watched it, it was like I had this pillow in front of me and I was cringing, kind of barely peeking over the pillow, watching these two guys pummeling each other. How is it that something that used to make me cringe today, honestly, I'm able to watch without cringing. And we all know the answer to this. It's the frog in the kettle. What happens is we become de desensitized and then things no longer shock us anymore. Let me tell you what's going to happen to you this week. Because literally we're addressing this from the word of God. The enemy's going to tip his hand. He's going to show you. And I'm going to give you a pre-warning of what's going to happen to you this week. An influence is going to try to come at you and shock you. Something's going to come at you to try to surprise you. You're going to see it, hear it. When you get shocked, you need to turn and run. You're going to see something on TV. You're going to read something in a magazine. You're going to see some kind of image. You're going to be a part of some kind of conversation where it's language or it's a coarse joke or it's cruel gossip. And something will be said and it will be revealed. And in that moment, you'll go, wow, you know, look at that, hear that, and you'll be shocked and surprised by that. That is a sign of the evil one. I want you to be ready for it. And when you are shocked,
be ready and prepared to turn and walk away. Here's the problem. The problem is when you stop being shocked. And that is the beginning of trouble. And some of you right now, you are already, as I'm speaking, you are already aware of an influence in your life that used to shock you. But now it's become completely normal. And you know it's not good for you. It's not good for your health, for your mind, for your relationships. And it's the kindness of God today that is bringing this to your attention. Number two, a little bit of poison goes a long way. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. In this scripture, yeast is being used as a, a little illustration. It's being used as a little picture, and in this scripture, it is very deliberately intended to be a picture of sin. So what it's saying is, it doesn't require but a small amount of something toxic to ruin something that could be much, much larger. A little bit of arsenic is not to be trifled with. A little bit of cancer should get your attention. There's a story of the teenager who asks his mom, hey, mom, today can I go out to the movies with my friends? And so mom goes into the um, deliberate mom questions. You know, what's the movie? What's it about? What's it rated? What, you know? And he tells her, well, it's PG-13, but he's 14, so he's fine. He says, look, I looked it up. There's a little bit of swearing, a little bit of cursing. It shows a little bit of skin. It's not too much. I can manage it. And so mom agrees. She says, okay, I'm going to let you go to the movies. But before you go, I want to make for you your favorite dessert. She knows that her son loves uh, brownies. I'm going to bake you fresh brownies. He's like, my mom is so cool. I get to go to the movies and you're making me my favorite dessert here. This is great. So mom goes off to make the brownies. Pardon the story. She goes out to the backyard and with a spoon, picks up in her spoon a fresh deposit from one of their pet little dogs. And she brings it and adds it to the recipe. Just a little bit. Just a little spoonful. And she presents the warm brownies to her son. But before he takes a bite with his mouth wide open, she reveals to him the true ingredients, the doo-doo in the brownies. What? Mom, are you serious? Is this a joke? You put what in the brownies? Why would you do that? A little bit of poison goes a long way. It's fine. I can manage this. It doesn't bother me. It won't change me. I'm old enough. I'm mature enough to watch these things, to listen to these things. A little bit of poison goes a long way. And Proverbs, the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, it's full of this kind of warning and advice about this exact thing. It seems to point out that even a small quantity, a minuscule nibble of wrong can set you off in a trajectory where the end destination leads you to a place where you go, how did I get to this terrible place? Proverbs, at one point, is actually talking about laziness, but I love the language. It's just, it, it makes the point here. It says, 
watch out, here's the warning, for just a little folding of the arms, a little bit of resting, it says, and then you will be overcome. You see the language in there? It's saying there's bad stuff that can happen in very small quantities, a little bit of rest, a little bit of folding of your arms. And we think it's just a small amount, I'll be fine. But actually you can be overcome by something very small. Number three, just because everyone does it, doesn't make it right. Where do you take your lead from? More, maybe, ask this, maybe I could ask this question uh, slightly better than that. Who do you take your lead from? Do followers of Jesus Christ take their lead from the pack, from the herd? Do followers of Jesus Christ just follow the crowd? That is not following Jesus Christ. That's following the crowd. That's following a gang of people. Moses, he's receiving the law from God on Mount Sinai. Israel has just supernaturally escaped 400 years of slavery in Egypt. They are at the bottom of the Mount Sinai, waiting for Moses to come down. Moses will have the law, the Ten Commandments. They become impatient. They're sitting at the bottom of the mountain. Aaron, second man in charge, amazing leader. What does he do? He follows the crowd. The crowd demand an idol to worship, a physical object. We have to worship an idol. It seems crazy probably for you and I today to even think like this. And he makes for them a golden calf. Perhaps what is the most shocking part of this story, the whole episode, is that when Moses comes down and he confronts Aaron, Aaron answers like a child. He says, well, they gave me their gold. I put it in the fire and out came a golden calf. It's a ridiculous answer. It's silly. Just because everyone does it doesn't make it right. Do you have the conviction? Do you have the fortitude that maybe nobody else does? Or will you allow the crowd to adjust your thinking, how you rationalize and justify, how you speak and think and act, and the influences in your life? Proverbs 21 verse 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. And it's just unbelievably true, isn't it? Every way of a man or a woman is right in his or her own eyes. It's incredibly true. I think that I'm right about all kinds of things. I do, I honestly do. I think 99% of us go through a normal day thinking that a ton of other people are wrong about things that we think that we're right about. All kinds of stuff. And God says, I see that in you. I recognize that tendency in you to make it even more challenging. We condemn the world for not being Christian, but then we follow the crowd when we're perfectly comfortable not being like Jesus Christ. Every man thinks he's right in his own eyes. Can I say to you again, just because everyone does it doesn't make it right. Who are you following? Last one, number four. Just because I could, doesn't mean I should. We're talking about influences, just because I can, that doesn't mean I should do that. We have tremendous freedom in Christ. I, I believe we do. But our idea of freedom is broken. 
Our idea of freedom is very different to God's idea of freedom. Our idea of freedom is actually rooted still in rebellion from God. God's idea of freedom is that he's empowering us to do his will. So can I get in my car on a Sunday when we're finally allowed to come back into this wonderful building and, and come to church uh, together on a Sunday? Can I speed in my car on my way to church and still go to heaven? Probably. You probably can do that. Can I eat all the junk food and garbage that I want and still be a Christian? Probably. Can I get into massive debt and buy things that I don't need to impress people that I hardly even know and still go to heaven? I'm guessing so. I think you probably could. I think that's very possible. Can I read trashy gossip magazines and still go to heaven? Can I watch The Bachelor and watch these men and women jump in and out of each other's bed every night of the week? Can I still do that and say that I love Jesus? Here's what the scripture says. Everything is permissible. Not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible. But I will not be mastered by anything. This is huge if you're a follower of Christ. We have tremendous freedom in Christ. But our idea of freedom has become warped. Now the most difficult thing about this sermon is that I am not interested today to try to impose some kind of line. I don't want to do that. I don't want to try to create some human standard, some Pastor Alan Cullen version of a bar and I'm gonna state what that is in this sermon and now we all walk away going, okay, that's the bar. And we have to abide by that. That's not my job. This is about how are you as a follower of Christ going to respond to the Holy Spirit? And will you trust that your father knows best for you? So the key question is, how do we know what to consume and what not to consume when it comes to these influences? So here's what I'm trying to do today. I have zero interest, and this is what it would be, in becoming a Pharisee and stating out rules and regulations or some kind of rating system for movies or video games or books or stuff online or things that you are or are not allowed to say or do or to say that's good and that's not good enough. How do we know what to consume and what not to consume? Well, I would say to you, sometimes the answer is just obvious. Today, I believe even as you're hearing the word of God being preached to you, some of you are hearing that you're, you need to walk away and you already know this right now in the presence of God. You already know that the stuff that you are exposing yourself to, that you are allowing to be an influence in your life, and right now you just say, I know it's garbage, I need to stop. It's obvious. And praise God, I trust that you're hearing that loud and clear from the Holy Spirit. Uproot that junk in your life. But then you see there are other things that are not quite so obvious. So what do we do then? Some would say, let your conscience be your guide. And that can be good advice. Sometimes. Occasionally, that can be, some, that can be good advice. But the dangerous thing is, sometimes even your conscience is not right. Biblically speaking, it literally says there are times where our conscience has become seared. So we've become no, numb to this poison that's trying to get into our souls. And we don't really know it. 
that it offends God, it offends the Lord, and that we should actually have no part of that in our life. So your own moral screening, your own conscience says, this is great, this is good, this is okay, and the Lord is going, no, that's not good for you. I don't want that for you. When the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding, the Bible is actually being deadly serious. It knows that your heart is deceitful, that your emotions fluctuate, and that your, un your understanding does not see the overall big picture. But you see, God never lies. God never changes. God knows all, and you can trust him more than you can trust your own conscience. Just because it doesn't bother you doesn't mean it shouldn't bother you. And the fact that it doesn't bother you ought to say something about where you are at with God right now. And I know that's a tough thing for me to say to you today. Sometimes I'm going to build you up. Sometimes I'm going to come at you. And that's my job as your shepherd. I hope you don't take that with condemnation. I hope you hear that with love because God knows what's best for you. What does the scripture say? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 21 and 22. Test everything. Hold on to what? Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. That's pretty plain speaking right there. How do we test everything? Here's three very quick guiding questions for you. Number one, you ask yourself, am I being entertained by sin? Is this article, this magazine, this movie, this book, it is, is it actually in opposition to God's law, to his righteousness and his holiness? Am I being entertained by sin? Question number two, is this pleasing God? So God's not just your buddy. He is the holy sustainer of the universe. And we are to live our lives in such a way that we bring glory and honor to him. If it's not pleasing to him, then I should probably stay away from it. Question number three, does this lure me away from Christ Jesus? If it does, run. Run away from it. If you are drawn and removed away from God and his presence and his word and his love, then you know you're moving in the wrong direction. All right, Pastor Alan. Normally we're with you. Normally we like the Irish accent, we like the sermons, and you bring the truth, but I don't know if I'm with you today. I don't know. Maybe you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Uh, I don't think all of the stuff that I'm a part of is all that bad. I don't think it affects me that much. I think I can manage it. I think I can do these things and watch these things and read these things. It's a bit of fun. Pastor, I think you're taking it too far. When I do videos for the church, like I'm doing right now, uh, there's been many occasions where the person behind the camera says, Alan, would you mind holding up a white piece of paper? And the reason why is because the camera doesn't know how to interpret color. It doesn't have a reference point. And until I show the camera a white piece of paper, its colors are just out of whack. They don't work properly. And everything looks skewed and weird and dark and miscolored. It's unrealistic and it's unnatural. It's not correct. It's not appropriate. It's not right. But when you show the camera true white, the camera is able to see clearly and then interpret all other colors with this reference point of true white. A lot of us right now, we are consuming influences in our lives. And we're saying, 
it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's fine. The reality is this right here, the word of God, we have forgotten the standard that's right here a part of our lives. We don't know what true white is anymore. But when we remember the true standard, when we are able to interpret everything else in the light of the word of God, the true standard, instead of interpreting everything else according to our own standard or somebody else's standard. Now, right now you're thinking, well, I don't like this at all. There goes my favorite TV show, my favorite movies, my favorite books. What am I supposed to do with my time? Well, I'm glad you asked. Allow me to make some suggestions. Spend it with your kids. When we get back on track here, serve the church. Serve your neighbors. You can do that now. Be involved in the community. Mentor somebody. Lead a community group. Open up God's word and consume it rather than toxic influences. Think of how different your life would be without this little bit of poop in your life. There's a little bit of arsenic, this little bit of cancer, these little bits of toxins that have started to take a hold of truth for you and change the white balance of God's word in your life to tell you what is right and what is wrong. And actually, we could change that and live in a way that would honor and glorify our Savior. I want you to think about that. I want you to talk about that. I want you to pray about that and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. Today, I am not going to give you a prescription. I'm not going to deal out legalism and rules and regulations. I want the Holy Spirit to lead you. And I'm going to ask you today, would you respond to the voice of the Father? Freedom. Freedom to do what pleases God. Let's pray together, church. God, I pray that you would help us to be different and distinct. God, I pray that you would help us to not turn into Pharisees who just judge or condemn other people or say, I live by these standards and those people don't or I'm better than them. Lord, save us from that nonsense. Save us from rule keeping that that fills us with a sense of self-importance and arrogance and spiritual pride. Save us from thinking that we're always right. God, Would you give us the wisdom to recognize toxins, whether they are big or whether they are very small, and the courage and the fortitude to remove them from our lives. We are humbled to follow you, God. We are glad to endure hardship. We are glad and happy to see the ugliness of our sin, the kindness that you would show us that, Lord. We're happy to be held accountable by your Holy Spirit and by the family of God and the preaching of your word. We accept you at your word and we are willing to step out of our comfort zone. And most of all, we are prepared to love as we live for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless church. Love you so much.